I'm talking to Lee Slaughter and Michael Steinbach from the Muppets Studio. Lee and Michael run the studio, and we're going to hear their thoughts on where the Muppets are headed now and into the future. We will also be visiting the Injury Corner, and we'll ask a puppeteer a question about not puppets. So here we go. It's time for Below the Frame. Go, 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 Below the Frame. Welcome to Below the Frame with me, Matt Vogel. If you... Like our little podcast, please, please, please rate and review it. And that is the phrase that I'm supposed to say because I guess everybody says that on their podcast. I don't know. Hey, listen, today we are going to talk to Lee Slaughter and Michael Steinbach from the Muppets Studio. They're, they're my bosses at the Muppets Studio. And it's a great chat. Uh, you get to hear all about Lee, where she came from, and Michael, where he came from. And then we're going to talk about the Muppets. We uh, talk uh, about Muppets Now. We talk about Muppets Haunted Mansion. Uh, and we, uh, we, we just talk about a lot of things. Are there any surprises in here? I, well, I, I don't want to give anything away. Uh, just, uh, let you listen for yourself. So, uh, if you are ready, I am. Let's go below the frame with the Muppets Studio. Lee Slaughter and Michael Steinbach from the Muppet Studio. Welcome to Below the Frame. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. You know, normally I have this uh, template of questions that I ask the Muppet performer or whoever it is I'm interviewing. And and we're going to do a little bit of that here in this Uh interview. But I think that this one's going to be a bit different because we'll be talking about the Muppet Studio in particular, and and as many things as I can get you to talk about without giving away any super secret surprises that we may or may not have up our sleeves. Does that sound uh, agreeable to both of you? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Stoll. We can edit afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, but first off, I, I am going to formally introduce you to the listeners with with your title, and I just would like you to tell us what that means okay so what what kind of duties you are at the you're doing at the muppet studio okay so michael steinbach the producer and manager of the muppet studio what what do you do i wear a lot of different hats uh which i think is very common of a producer um but uh mainly my focus is on taking the creative figuring out how to budget and schedule it so that it fits into everyone's timelines and deliverables. And uh, in the meantime, you know, I lean into the creative and what are we delivering? What are the stories? What's happening with it? Try to plus it, make sure every dollar that I'm given is trying to hit the screen so that we're delivering the best product we can to fans. Um, So you're kind of doing, you're like, it's like a creative and a business kind of uh, role, really. Yeah, I ride the line between, you know, a creative producer and like a line producer, a production manager. Uh, I have a little bit of influence over both sides, uh, but my main front, you know, uh, trajectory is making sure that we deliver uh, financially and schedulely, you know, what was planned out uh, and that we're 
delivering the best thing we can with every dollar that I'm given. And uh, Lee Slaughter, you are the vice president of Muppet Studio and live character strategy. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, that means, you know, like many of us at the Walt Disney Company, we, uh, we have the pleasure of having more than one job. Um, so, um, with the Muppet Studio, my responsibilities are basically anything to do with the Muppets. Um, and so from, I guess from the earliest stage, it's looking at what's our three to five year plan and then how do we activate that across the entire Walt Disney Company? How do we activate all of our other, um, partners to support, uh, all Muppet projects? What are the right projects for us to be doing? What are the guardrails? What does our brand stand for? You know, really making sure that, that we take care of the Muppets. Uh, now, it, you know, I'm going to say as a business, but really the business of the Muppets all comes from the creation of creative content. So it's, it's really sort of, you know, watching the flow of the entire business. What are the right projects for us to accept? What should we be targeting? Uh, you know, and what's, what's the right positioning of, of each of the characters actually? Because there's, there's such, such nuance in the different characters that when they come together, it means one thing, but then when they're separated, they can also have, you know, value in, in standing for, for their own interests. And then the live character strategies, that's, that's, uh, my, my Disney focus, which is, um, anything that, uh, characters are doing outside of parks and resorts. That, so, that's a whole so, other session. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you two, along with yes. just dozens and dozens and dozens <laughs> of other people, make yeah. up the Muppet Studio. Isn't that correct, Michael? <laughs> no. It has been a, it has been a ragtag group of three for a while. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, who, who's the third? Uh, David Lightbody is the head of the Muppet yeah, Studios. He's the senior vice president at Disney Live Entertainment, and he kind of helps lead the uh, lead the charge as well, right? Yes. So there are some others that are in the Muppet Studio universe, but it really is like you guys are kind of the day-to-day soldiers that kind of uh, help keep this uh, little ragtag group of characters moving on down the road. Uh, we have uh, somebody named Danny Iglesias, uh, Danny Iglesias, who is a, yep. she's our creative resource development manager at the Muppet Studio. Mm-hmm. She's very artistic and does a lot of like, like what does she do? She's doing like art, uh, whether it's, for uh, logos or whether it's for merchandise, things like that. Is that right? Yes, yes. And she yeah. became part of the Muppet Studio officially uh, right around Thanksgiving this year. Yeah, yeah, she's um, awesome. So she's, uh, she's wonderful. And, yes, she's looking at, you know, how the Muppets are uh, represented in images, in line art, logos, uh, brand management, all those types of things which, again, you know, span everything from – how they're appearing in creative content to digital training cards. And, and you, you did mention, Lee, a little bit earlier, you said, you know, brand management and guardrails. Yes. Oh, a bunch of other little things. I'm going to ask you about some of those things okay. and like a three to five year plan, stuff like that. I'm going to ask yeah. you about that in a little bit. You know, Matt, we have one yeah, other yeah. person who's just come on with the Muppets oh, full time. Yeah. Really? Who? Yes. Breaking news. Really? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, who is it? His name is Andy Turner. Oh. And, uh, I've worked with Andy, um, many years in, in sort of, you know, our, our past, um, roles within the Walt Disney Company. And, uh, he's just, he is fantastic when it comes to process and, um, 
all of the the organization side of things. So he's our new Muppet Studio coordinator. We're, oh, we're great. Well, so welcome, thrilled to Andy. have Danny and now Andy come on. Oh, that's us. great. We just got to so, keep building that. And then, you right. know, soon we will have those dozens and dozens of other people that exactly. are going to help, help uh, get push this uh, push this train up the hill. What is it called? Yeah. Yeah. Boulder? Boulder? I don't know. The hill. Anyway. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's, there's yeah. a lot of other people uh, there are, who support right? us. Yeah, like yes, Frank right. Reich Schneider, who, you know, yeah. helps us in PR and media relations. and Who Tony may Shepherd. or may not be listening in <laughs> on this very conversation Maybe. right now. <laughs> But yeah, that's right. There, are, you yeah. consult with other Disney folks in different Absolutely. departments to determine the the worthiness or the relevance, or or uh, whether it's not something that the Muppets should or should not do. Is that right? Yeah, and and um, even now too, you know, we have a casting person who works with us, who's just looking yeah. at um, you know what talent we're associated with. We have, um, as we said before, brand management folks, communications folks franchise folks we have people that support us throughout consumer products games and publishing so while there's only a few people right now who actually have the Muppet studio written on their business card i think what we've been able to do over the past couple of years is just sort of reach out to almost every department we can connect within within the walt disney company and activate partnerships and support with all within all those other lines of business it does take a, a bunch of a bunch of people to put any any kind of franchise together and kind of get it moving and yeah. and working properly. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the supports of what we've had from from parks and resorts even has been great. We just, yeah. as you know, finished a little bit of a sort of you know special appearances at Disneyland Resort and yeah, we'll and the talk team about there. That. Yeah, yeah they were, they yeah, just sort of became an extension of, of our team for for the so duration great. of that show. So yeah. that's exciting. And uh, so okay, before we talk any more about the Muppets or the Muppet Studio or anything like yeah. that, I just I want to know a, a little bit more about the both of you. And we're going to start with Michael. Michael, where'd you grow? Up. Uh, I grew up in Northern California in a little suburb called Danville. And where, I, um, where is that? Like in the world? It's in the East Bay, just from you know San Francisco, Oakland. Uh, so we're in the East Bay, mm-hmm. and moved up there when I was seven years old. And there were only a couple signals in the little main street. It was this very idyllic uh, environment, nice parks in the little league, and uh, it was a wonderful little place to grow up. Um, I'm the fourth of five boys. Uh, so we had like a horde that would just take over neighborhoods and, uh, <laughs> my poor mother. Uh, but, uh, what the, yeah. What were the kind of things that you did as a kid? I loved drawing and art and, uh, I started making, uh, like scripts and stories kind of around seven or eight. I thought I was going to be a novelist. I think when I was like eight years old, um, and then uh, discovered you could record audio on, like, a Walkman and started doing, like, our own impromptu radio dramas. And then my brother got us a, a video camera for Christmas one year to, like, record our family moments. And I basically stole it and started making movies with my best friend when I was around 12. And so it, it started well, with that. You, you ended up going to the NYU to yeah. study film, isn't that right? I did. Uh, I, you know, I discovered late. Uh, that, uh, it was actually a career option to do that. I don't know why it didn't <laughs> dawn on me. I'm watching yeah. movies, I'm watching TV shows, and yet somehow it never dawned on me, like, oh, there's an actual career in that. Um, it was just this thing I loved. Um, and, uh, 
so yeah, when I graduated high school, I couldn't quite get into the universities I wanted because I didn't apply myself in the way I should. I wish I had. It's the thing I'm trying to improve in my son. Uh, he's on a much better track than I am. Yeah. So, but I did the junior college route and then I transferred into NYU. Um, and, uh, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, Eric Jacobson also an NYU Tisch yeah. alum. So yeah, I studied filmmaking, uh, writing, directing, producing, uh, at NYU. Um, and then moved to back to California after graduating was back down in LA seven months after graduating from college to try to start this little career in the movie industry, uh, entertainment. And how did you end up finding your way to the Muppet studio? You did do some film work. Yeah, I did. I started in feature films, um, as just like a production assistant. When I was in high school, I worked in restaurants. And by the time I graduated high school, I was managing a restaurant. And that's kind of how I paid for college was managing my brother's restaurant. And, uh, then I went to NYU and my very first job, I got my job because I had worked in restaurants for six years, uh, not because I went to NYU, um, because they wanted someone to handle, uh, picking up lunches for very important people and make sure that those lunches were done correctly. So, uh, you know, I have to thank my brother for my early career in restaurants because it's what got me my first job, which got me my second and my third and every job since. Yeah. So I started out on a movie called Stuart Little Two as a production assistant. It was my very first job um, as just an office PA. And I kind of lived in the physical production world from movie to movie. Did that for a number of years before taking a job at Universal Pictures. And at Universal, I was a coordinator assigned to a uh, physical production executive. And that's where we really focused on budget, schedule, and how a movie got made. And I worked with line producers, production managers, and producers for, I don't know, 60-something movies in an eight-year span. A lot of really fun, you know, Jurassic World and uh, Straight Outta Compton, all kinds of great, fun movies. Um, and then uh, left that job and went back to freelance in a season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And uh, It's one of my son Jack's favorite shows. It was really, really fun. I always was excited <laughs> to get a script because I knew I was going to laugh. Uh, it was uh, it was a really fun fun show. Uh, very short, very tight, uh, quick turnaround. Um, and then I was uh, unemployed after that that show ended, and I didn't want to be unemployed. And all the TV shows were already crewed up, and I had a window until the mid seasons started. And so I uh, I applied to a temp agency, and they dropped me on a desk at Disney, and that desk was the Muppet Studios, and. The rest kind of like, oh, these people are amazing. <laughs> this is fun. I'm getting to learn things. You know, 15 years into my career, I'm getting to learn things because I was in television and features. I wasn't doing commercials or live events or live TV interview. Like, so instantly it was like, oh, I get to wear all these different hats. I get to learn so much. And then obviously you performers, Jim Lewis, everyone's so nice and so much fun. How could you not love what you were doing? Uh, and so I feel very fortunate that I, you know, had this previous career in entertainment and then trip and fell into this amazing experience <laughs> with the Muppets. Uh, it, it's, you know, really, really brought great joy to my life to join this group. Well, we're, we're very lucky to have you, Michael. And now let's get some, uh, background from Lee. Lee, you did not grow up 
in America. Something tells not. me you didn't grow up in America. I know, <laughs> you're sharp, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Where no, are you from? I did not. I grew up in Sydney, Australia, and, yeah. um, uh, you know, spent my whole childhood there. And, uh, and I'm still getting used to things like, uh, you know, cold Christmases in the United States. Uh, <laughs> right. you know, it's completely different culture. Um, and, uh, and so I, I did that and, uh, was really working in special events. I joined the Walt Disney Company. Boy, whoa, this is going to date me, uh, for the launch of Beauty and the Beast. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. So a long, long, long time ago. And were you in Australia at the time? I was in Australia at the time, yeah. And um, we had uh, uh, a, a show that was touring Australia that was basically um, promoting the launch of this new film, Beauty and the Beast, which is still one of my absolute favourites. And so I was, um, I had signed on to do that show for about six months and then um, – Aladdin was coming out. We were asked to uh, take a group of performers to Tokyo for the big launch event for Aladdin. And while we were there, the team that we reported to out of Disneyland met us in Tokyo, did a you know, fantastic big launch event for Aladdin, and uh, they said, would you like a full-time job with Disney? And I said, well, oh, I could give it a shot. And they said, well, you've <laughs> got to move to Melbourne. Which is, is, you know, south of, of Sydney. So I said, well, let, let's give this a try for six months. And then, you know, I could just jump to the end and say the rest is history. But I, I tell you, um, it has been, it's been a phenomenal ride. And, and one thing that I learned very on in my career, the first producer I had was from Disneyland. He was the original producer of the show Fantasmic when it very oh. first started. Yeah. And he said, every time you get on a plane, just say thank you, Mickey, for taking me somewhere that I wasn't planning to go otherwise. I and love that. and we were in a it was a great time back then because businesses like the Disney Channel, Disney stores were just launching. And our group was responsible for the live entertainment in eighteen countries, um, across the Asia Pacific, Pan China, Japan and India. So it was just years of being constantly on the road in those countries, taking uh, shows in, setting them up, then bouncing to the next country and setting up another show in that country. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, Disney's been great for me. Disney's taken me around the world. And, and so, well, I've got to work on oh, so many different amazing projects. I've also got to, to see incredible places. And, and then I met my husband actually when we were both working in Hong Kong and uh, he's American. And we said, well, when we get married, let's let's try living in the United States and see if I can stay with Disney. He, of course, is with Disney, and uh, and so that's how we ended up here um, with three children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, you know, there's some gaps in that, but it, you know, this is it's that's basically how it went. And then you know, so much of of what you do at Disney, there's there's so much to learn in every role that you're in. So many different people to connect with. And, but then a lot of it also is, you know, being in the right place at the right time. That, that's how I, I feel I was lucky enough to, to you know, become part of the Muppet Studio in, um, 2019. Um, that's when, that's when I, uh, you know, I've said this before. That's when I, 
uh, was offered the job that I never knew I always wanted. Um, and you <laughs> same know, experience. it was uh, same yeah. experience, you know, it's, and, and, uh, the other two people <laughs> who are full time in our studio, Andy and Danny, they, they both say the same thing. Oh, wow. You know, we just, you know, who would have thought that we'd all end up here, you know, working with the Muppets and, and, you know, be able to, to still be part of Disney, which, you know, we've all been here a long time, um, but find this avenue into a whole different area. And, uh, you know, the Muppets are a very unique part of, of this company, not just because, you know, they came from somewhere else, you know, obviously we all know where they, they came from, um, the Hanson Company and, and Jim Hanson, but they, they have a, such a unique place in the world that it, it's it's fun to be part of something that's so different, but still within such a, a sort of an enormous corporation. Were, were you a fan of the Muppets, Lee? Yes, I was. I was even part of a Sesame Street touring show in Australia New Zealand many, many, many years. I'll just say... Well, well I, I remember, you know, I remember early on, and maybe it yeah. was the first time we met in person. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I think it was. It I know when you came been. to the office. Yeah. And I can't, we, I went into your office and you had a picture on your wall yeah. in your office of you in the Sesame Street, Street Live yeah. show in Australia. You, you know the one I'm talking about, of course. Yes. What, what, so how long did you do that? Uh, that was, um, for about 18 months. With so you, you've had a connection Australia. with the Muppets since, you know, yeah. Well, for, for, for quite a while. I mean, that yeah. was around the time, if I remember correctly, also, that was yeah. around the time that, that Jim, Jim passed. passed away. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. and we were, we were performing that day. Um, mm. and I remember it very clearly getting that news. Um, you know, not, not that, you know, we had ever met him, but I do remember on our very first day, opening day in Sydney, uh, we did get a letter, um, from, you know, the, the Hanson company wishing us luck. And I remember we all thought we were just, you know, so special. Like how yeah. did they know that this, this group of performers all the way out in Australia were about to open a show? I mean, of course they knew, but it, to us, it just, it, it, it was just something so memorable that, that, um, that we would, we would get that acknowledgement from them. It's really nice. I mean, it does make you feel like you're part of something bigger when something yeah. like that happens, I think. So here you both are. You've yeah. both yeah. landed at the Muppet Studio, and uh, you know, for, yeah, for being yeah. Uh, the Muppets, it is a surprisingly small operation. Mm -hmm. Have either of you worked in a setting like this where it is, or it has been only you and like maybe a few others, or is this unique? In big corporations like Disney, it feels very unique. Um, but mm -hmm. yes, I mean, coming out of. Uh, you know, independent movies and short films and student films and stuff like that. You just have to find your way to be scrappy and do this type of stuff. Um, and yeah, so I definitely lean into that <laughs> when it comes to yeah. how to achieve more with less and how to, uh, multitask. I mean, it really is that, that was the biggest thing was just finding out the, how to order events, uh, so that you're achieving as much as you can with the time that you have. But that said, you know, uh, Lee and, and David, th there really has been a, a shift in the business where we truly are w dramatically integrated within Disney now. And so I'm starting to see like, like she spoke about earlier, like, you know, games and publishing and, uh, product. And, uh, you know, we just are so tied in now parks 
and the things that we're getting to expose ourselves to now, um, you know, that we did just this last Christmas and you and I in Florida, uh, for the Destination D23 appearance, those are all things that are just really fun and exciting that, you know, Lee and David have really opened doors for, uh, the Muppets. You know, I think you're, you're right. You know, I was just thinking, I just, this just popped into my head just now. For, for so many years, it did kind of feel like the Muppet Studio was like a drift at sea and just like, Alone. I mean, I may, that was just my impression, uh, being a part kind of on, you know, in my, from my point of view. But I do feel like in the couple of years since you guys have been here that it really does feel like we are now part of the machine. We're part in, in the best way. We are, we are no longer at sea. We are, uh, you know, docked and we are supported by everything around us. And I, I, I only see that growing and being more, uh, positive as we as as we move along. Yeah, no, and look, I'm a a little bit of a bridge between you know the previous leadership yeah. and the new leadership, and uh, yeah. you know I guess we were a little bit like a rogue group that was like just doing everything we could to achieve. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know I also was really proud of all the stuff we achieved in that time period as well. But uh, there does seem to be I- like a trajectory and a focus. We have been absorbed into the Disney group in, in a very great way that is opening doors for us and uh, creating opportunities um, that uh, seems very different you know, between the two time periods. Yeah, I think you also find out, you find out, oh my gosh, I love the Muppets. I want to help out. I love the Muppets. I want to help. You know, people from different departments and different areas of the company really want to be a part of what's happening. Absolutely. And, um, you know, our chairman now, Josh Damaro, he's a huge Muppet fan. Yeah. So, you know, we, we have great support across the company. And, you know, the reason that we ended up at Disneyland, uh, over the holiday period was because, uh, one of the show directors there, Jordan Peterson, and one of the producers there, Trevor Sloan, they're Muppet fans. And they came to us and said, we have this crazy idea. Would you be up for it? I'm like, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why not? Um, yeah. So I think it's it's um, allowing allowing people from across the Walt Disney Company to to have a little bit more access to the Muppets to open mm-hmm. our doors, and we're still very careful about what's what's right for the Muppets, what's the right thing for us to do to ensure that the Muppets themselves are on the right track. But yeah, just, just, uh, you know, I, the thing I say to a lot of people when, when we're meeting with, you know, people from different areas is, you know, when you're thinking about Disney and you're thinking about plans for the future, everyone thinks you know, Disney, Pixar, Lucas, Marvel, just add the next M there as well, Muppets, uh, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and so keep, you know, keep the Muppets top of mind because as I said earlier, they bring such a, a different sense of humor. A different sensibility and there's there's a different way you can play with Muppets in the real world than you can with any of those other brands so they bring uh, each of those brands under the company umbrella brings a unique value and I think the Muppets you know add to that in a very unique way I agree you know at the time at the start of your time at the Muppets you had to come up with a plan mm-hmm. uh, uh, you mentioned it earlier the three to five year plan yes what 
can you share with us about that plan without, you know, giving away any secrets, of course, but, uh, you know, like what was your vision for what you saw from the Muppets over the course of three to five years? Well, I think the Muppets, they just didn't have a, a, a we didn't have a clear understanding of what the Muppets should be doing creatively. And, um, you know, one of the things I've learned is so valuable from working as part of Imagineering over the, I joined Imagineering, uh, let me see, 2008. And one of the things we're always looking at is what we call the menu. You know, what's happening to all the parks over the next 5, 10, 15 years to make sure that every decision we make today is in line with where we want to be 10 years from now. And if we're ever going to stray from that, it's not to say you can't be spontaneous and make other decisions. But if you're ever going to stray from that, you just need to make sure that, you know, that's not detracting from the roadmap that you've laid out. And so I think we, what we really wanted to do was get back to who are the Muppets? What should they be? What should they stand for? What are the real relationships uh, between each of these characters that made them the, the most successful and how do we, we get back there? How do we choose the right projects to get them where I want them to be? And I know where, you know, I, I will admit I, I, I do look in social media quite often and see what mm-hmm. the fans are saying. So, you know, because it, it's a bit of a gut check too. So what do the fans want from us? And I think right. the message is usually pretty clear. Um, yeah. So, you know, where should we be? What should our major goals be? And what should our secondary goals be? And I can tell you that, um, you know, we, we did put it out into the universe. We, uh, I remember we met while we were shooting the Facebook portal campaign. We all went to a little room out the back of that soundstage, <laughs> the six yeah. core performers and Michael and, and David Lightbody. And we, it was supposed to be a casual conversation, and David said, no, 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 show them the plan you've come up with. I was like, oh, no, it's not ready. Uh, but, it, but it was great to sort of get the initial reaction on, you know, what should what should our, our main goal be and what are all of the secondary projects we should be taking on to support that and take us, you know, along this journey. So without revealing too much, I can tell you that um, – uh, we're, we're definitely on our way. You know, we have some, uh, some projects that are in sort of blue sky development right now. And we have some that are, uh, you know, on their way to becoming a reality sooner rather than later. How, how about that? Yeah. How about I offer yeah. you that? That's amazing. <laughs> I was going to say and, that, uh, that meeting yeah, she's I mean, talking all, about yeah. was like an amazing trigger point for me within the company as well, because it was, that was when all the performers, myself, Lee, David, we all got together and we kind of got to see this picture of where things could go. And it, it really triggered and the way that we were being included in like, how do we get here? What do we, you want to do to bring, yeah. bring this to reality? It was like how we started to really truly incorporate you performers in how we're, you know, where, what is something you want to see? What, you know, and, it's resulted in, you know, Muppets Haunted Mansion, Bill writing and producing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, it, it, it does feel like we are really come together in a great way from that moment forward. And it, for me, it allowed me to 
be inspired to be like, how do I be a part of this? And it's, you know, been so wonderful to see it. Each step keeps going further and further. I think you're right, Michael. I think you're right. I think that meeting, and I, I didn't really reflect on it until now, but I think that meeting, we had all talked with each other in various phone calls or in, in you know, meetings or whatever, but this was kind of that first time where we knew, all of us knew, what the vision was moving forward, and I, I think that maybe that meeting solidified us as the Muppet Studio, as this group of people moving forward with the same singular vision and yeah. uh yeah that's that's right I, that's uh that's that's when it i think that's when it happened that's so cool and i want to say it was in some beautiful room at the studios and we had a lovely <laughs> oh my God. The studio lot, but it actually right. was not <laughs> no. it was no. as unglamorous as it gets yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it a crappy was, lunchroom or something. Was, oh my God. Yeah. It, it was, was like, awful. I think we were pulling chairs from other rooms because there wasn't yeah. enough space. It was. Yeah. It was like a room was, that hadn't been vacuumed in two years. No, it was like a, a, a closed office that no one had ever opened in years is, at yeah. some uh, stage in stage? the middle of, I don't know. It was, it was CB Valley or something. Like it was just like yeah, out in the middle of nowhere. We'll be back with the Muppet Studio in a few minutes, but first. Just waiting for the door knock, but there's no door knock. Nobody's knocking at the door. Anybody out there? No, nobody's out there. That's, well, that's weird. He's usually here, but, uh, I guess, okay. I guess maybe he's, <clears throat> maybe he's not available. Um, this is the part where Jack would come in, but he's not here. So I will throw to the injury corner. David Rudman, welcome to the Injury Corner. Have it's you nice to be here? Yes, yes. Let me yes. talk here for a second. Okay, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything to say. Have you ever had an injury while you were puppeteering? I have. Um, I was doing Muppet meeting films back in maybe it was like the eighties, early early eighties. Um, we were shooting a scene where there was a character outside the, this window and they had, <laughs> and they had to, they, they had to drop a safe on him. Like a safe had to fall from like above the window and hit this character and have him like fall out of frame. So I was like a new, the young guy, They're like, uh, why don't you play the guy who's hanging out the window that has the safe fall on him? I'm like, okay. So I go, <laughs> so I go out there and I'm kind of, you know, leaning so you could see him through the window. So I had to lean kind of out a little bit and they dropped the safe and it wasn't like, it was a safe. It wasn't like a prop safe. It was a it was real like a, safe. I think it was. I mean, maybe it wasn't like a really, it was small, but it was like a safe. Yeah. And it falls and it clips my shoulder mm. as it's going down. And that, that hurt. That was like a, that was a bad injury. I was yeah. fine, but it just like, you know, it wasn't like, oh, it didn't dislocate my shoulder or anything, but it That's was like good. a really bad bruise and it, and it hurt. So that was it. I was like the stunt puppeteer for a day and got a safe <laughs> drop down me. Got a safe drop on you. There you go. That's that's what happens when you're a puppeteer. Sometimes 
Yeah. Get a safe dropped on you. Yeah. And, you know, when you're the new guy, you become the stunt puppeteer. That's what, that's what happens. That's right. So yeah. look forward to that. <laughs> okay. Now back to the... Come in. Dad. Uh, Jack, I am, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you're too late. I, you, you, you missed it. What? Well, you missed it, so I, I just did it. Whoa. You threw to the injury corner by yourself? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you weren't here. There was no knock, and so... Hmm. You know. I see. Okay. No, that's fine. It's okay. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Jack. I, I, I didn't know that it meant so much to you. Nah, it doesn't. I'm fine. Seriously, I just like making you feel guilty. Yeah. So, if there's nothing else, uh, you, gonna, can, you're, you can go. Yeah. Go, 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 below the frame. Now back with Lee Slaughter and Michael Steinbach from The Muppets Studio. The, the difference with Muppets, you know, is, as Michael said, including you performers, because... I, in trying to immerse myself in the Muppets, yeah, I was a fan, but I didn't know about the business. I didn't know about, you know, how it all actually worked until, you know, we were thrown together. But it's very unique. You're, you're so much a part of your characters and they're so much a part of you. And, you know, that there's a generosity with, with Muppet performers where, it's so you, and yet you completely remove yourself from it. You're not in the limelight, and and you know we we do our best to get you out of shot <laughs> whenever possible. So it's right. a bit, but it, just just watching how you did that, you, the the thing that that I remember thinking is how, and you're all so dedicated. You're all so dedicated to the character and the background story of who these characters are. So how can I ask you to do anything that doesn't ring true to that character and and put you in a position where, you know, if it doesn't ring true, it's never going to be as successful as if you can fully, you know, give over to it. And I think there's, right. you know, there's been some some storylines in the past where, you know, I – I've spoken to each one of you and, and I've heard, oh, this was a bit of a challenge because I wasn't sure that my character would really do that or say that. So it's been, it was a real learning for me as well to understand sort of how invested you are and not because it's your job and you're contracted to do it, but because you have a genuine love for these characters. And so Getting them back, you know, I don't know another way to say it, but just to a place where they can be true to themselves and true to the original intent of who they were and why they were that way. That, that was the, that was the most important thing when we were thinking about what the plan for the future should be. And I think it's the most important thing. And Michael and I talk about this on, on most, most projects going forward. What, what is the intent here? Why are the Muppets here? Who are the right Muppets to be there? What are they saying? How are they, how are they being positioned? Um, mm. you know, because, because without, without that sense of honesty and, and truth, it's only going to, you know, sort of dilute them over, over the years. And, and then they're not, you know, as powerful as they were. And, you know, yeah. I, I will, uh, you know, that, so a lot of that comes from Jim Lewis as well. Yeah. 
Absolutely. You know, he doesn't yeah, just write the words, he guides us as well. And, and to have, yeah. to, you know, be blessed with still having him involved, you know, as well yeah, as all, all of the, the performers is, you know, he's, he's not one that's, that's often sort of, you know, out there, you know, being credited <laughs> or, or, you know, sort of out, out, uh, for people to see, but he is definitely a driving force. Yeah. And he knows the characters, oh, yeah. I mean, back and forth. And, yeah. uh, you know, Lee, you mentioned, earlier on, and this also relates to this, guardrails. Mm -hmm. Guardrails for the Muppet Studio. So something that other companies do create, it's kind of like a direction on how the brand is to be represented, right? Uh, Can you tell us what what are the Muppet guardrails or what what do those do for us? Well, I think they, again, they they sort of, they let anyone know, any other department within Disney, we call them lines of business. If you want to work with the Muppets, here are the values that we want to ensure we stick to. Here's what it's like working with the Muppets. I'm not sure that any other, I, I, you know, I guess it must exist somewhere in the world, but one of our very first guardrails is if you would like to work with live Muppets, please know the, the performers will be fully involved in the creative. Again, it's going yeah. back to if you can't buy into it, we can't, offer a then a sincere true performance. You're all great actors. I don't mean to say <laughs> anything other than that. But it's um but but there's always going to be uh you know that sincerity that we're looking for. So you know what do the Muppets stand for? And I think what we've we've heard you know time and time again as we are sort of researching the characters and you know hearing stories from Dave Goals, you know, who's <laughs> You know, legends. Oh, yeah. Um, just, yeah. you know, it's, they're about inclusion and there's a, a purity and a joy and, uh, and a lack of cynicism that, that they will always put themselves as the butt of the joke. And to me, that's a graciousness with the Muppets. Mm-hmm. But, um, but we have to stick to that and we have to make sure that they don't, while they can be contemporary, they know the world that we live in. They know what's happening in pop culture. We don't want their personalities to change. Right. We want them to remain the same and, and, you know, let the world, let them exist within the world without being too affected by it. Yeah. And that's a, that's a tricky little balancing yeah. act to do yes. on with, for everything that comes through, I think. Yeah. But uh, that is why I think it's important, and not just because I am one of the Muppet performers, but that is why I think it's important to have the performers involved, because they'll we will see it from the point of view of the characters, and there might be a time when we go, oh yeah, that that'll that'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, th- I know that it's not maybe what he might say or they might say in this moment, but I think that that might work. This might work, yeah. or that's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, early the first year we were working together, so this was Christmas. 2019, you and Michael went to London uh, for Kermit to make an appearance at um, Royal Albert Hall. But I remember reading the script and I read it. I said, well, this this sounds good. Great. And then you were over there and Michael said, he called me and he said, so we've got to change the script a little bit uh, because there was a local celebrity in the UK. And Matt, you knew that Kermit had met this celebrity previously. But the yeah. script was written in a way that seemed like they were just meeting for the first time. And that right. may seem like it's just like a small nuance, but for you to have that history of Kermit in your mind 
So when that celebrity and Kermit were meeting again, it was a reunion of old friends rather than a first meeting. Again, you know, yes. that's just, you know, the truth of Kermit and the history of Kermit continuing to exist. And that's really tough. It is because I, I mean, they, we've been on so many things before I was Kermit yes. and, you know, even then before Steve was Kermit. And then, yes. you know, I mean, it's so, it goes back so far. And to have that knowledge, I mean, thank goodness for Muppet Wiki. Thank goodness for Jim <laughs> Lewis. Yeah. I mean, it's so helpful to have those yes. things because you can just go like, Jim, did we ever do this thing? And yeah. he'll be, he'll oftentimes say, oh yeah, we did something like that in the Muppet uh, magazine, you know, he'll, He'll know things like exactly. that you can go to, but it is important to have that history. Well, because you know that celebrity was going to remember that they had met Kermit. Yeah. 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 So, Michael, with projects like the Royal Albert Hall and things maybe not being right or being right, how, what is, and that's like something that happened when we got there. Yeah. But you're probably looking at stuff like way before we even land in a country to do something or on set to go and, and be in something, right? I mean, what is that? What's the involvement there that you're doing over the whole process? Yeah, well, on every project that is seen, there's a multitude of projects that are not seen. Uh, and it's because we're going through all those guardrail processes of, you know, what is the messaging? What is it? How are the characters presented? Um, at, you know, what is the creative? Uh, is, you know, is it worthy of the opportunity? And, but then also the logistics of it. Uh, how much money do we have? Where is it? Who are the characters? Can we do this point now seeds? What are the other characters that fit? Like there's all these processes. So, you know, there's a big portion of my job that is about cutting a project away rather than just what hits, you know, I'm not working only on the things that go. I'm, I'm working on every project mm -hmm. that comes right. through us. And we at the Muppet Studios now really try to get things into the hands of the performers early as well so that we are massaging and shifting creative to the right spot before we're agreeing to a budget number and a schedule and a, you know, you start getting people signing contracts and things. So it is about the process of finding what is a go project versus what isn't, uh, you know, kicking whatever box it is, whether it's schedule budget or creative. I'll talk a little bit more about that, really about the creative of the Muppet Studio in just a second, but I wanted to take a second to just chat about some smaller things that we, that Muppets find themselves involved in all the time. We do advertising. There's a, a long history of the Muppets being in commercials, way back to the beginnings with uh, the Wilkins coffee commercials. And recently, uh, the Muppets have done Facebook portal, I think Lee mentioned, uh, and a Geico ad with Animal, and there was an Adidas or Adidas uh, shoe uh, collaboration. <laughs> and uh, so, but Lee, what kind of product or partner makes a good fit for the Muppets now? Well, of course, you know, there's a whole assessment that we do uh, of any company that we want to be associated with. That's the business side. For us, when we're looking at those opportunities, if, if all of the, the boxes are checked on the business side, then we have to ask, what are the Muppets being asked to do? If, if entertainment is first and foremost, and that advertising message is, comes second, then that's when it's usually the right project for us. You know, we want to make sure that even, even when it's a commercial, that it's, entertaining great content where the Muppets can still be true to their characters and that they can still perform in a way that, you know, is, is amusing or heartfelt or, or you know, whatever the messaging is. But we want to make sure that, that they're always the entertainers. 
So I think, you know, I, I, I love the, the couple that Animal has, you know, sort of moved in with on the Geico commercial. I love yeah. those commercials because you walk away going, they're so funny. They're so fun. Yeah. Yes. It's, you know, then, then it's okay for us to sort of be included with that, with the, added S one we go back and forth on the pronunciation of that. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it was a really sweet moment with Comet and Stan Smith. Um, yeah. That was just, you know, a, a nice heartfelt moment of the two of them together. So I think, yeah. you know, there's, there's the creative side as well as the business side of, you know, assessing the association with that company. Yeah. And, and Michael, when you're talking to a new partner, what are the kind of things that you need to educate oh that partner about in oh. terms of the Muppets, oh just like you're going in. It's a big, it's a big part of my job. Uh, it, it's just, yeah. you know, look, uh, and Muppet fans obviously know so much about how we achieve what we achieve, but uh, it's interesting how few productions uh, consider how those things get achieved. And so on everything, it is really, I mean, we've had, you know, so many questions that you know, We've seen people put microphones on the puppet and like, yep, that's not going to get anything. There's yeah. no sounds coming out of that, <laughs> that guy. Uh, Which on the one hand makes you think, man, they really which, believe yes. in these yeah, characters. Yeah, 100%. It, it, all it does is solidify that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Um, <laughs> we're doing something right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is truly trying to get them to understand how to execute, what is feasible, what isn't. Uh, and But mo- mainly it's about trying to make sure they understand Hey, how do these characters create an eyeline, uh, and connect to an audience and connect to the person they're performing with? And it's about how do we achieve that? Uh, and so that's the biggest education point on every single production is really talking through what are the logistics that allow that performance to land in the very connected way that it's meant to. Then we have, obviously we work with you, Matt, and with Bill Beretta as puppet captains, and the, it's such a great Having that voice in the room uh, is truly, truly helpful uh, on each project uh, because you're talking from a performer standpoint, but also the logistics standpoint, and it carries just so much weight when they hear Kermit saying, oh, it's best if I have this, then it's so easy to get things, whereas before. I need when it's a monitor. Just me, I have to down yeah, when, it's, when it's just me saying the thing, there's a lot of yeah. like, yeah, but that costs a dollar. And do we need it? Like, yes. Right. If, in order to deliver. Well, and the Kermit, other thing is, and, and I know what yeah. your answer is when you go somewhere and they're like, do you need a Wrangler? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What is your, what is your answer? Well, um, I, it's evolved. Now I've really landed in a place of like, okay, so this is the same as any other celebrity. This is this celebrity that's coming on your show is as big as anyone you've ever had on your show. And those people come with a hair person, a makeup person, a costumer and a manager that's making yeah. sure you're going to ask questions that don't go against the way they want their person to be presented. That's the exact same thing for yeah. Kermit the Frog, except for the same Wrangler. Thing is the makeup, hair, and costumer all in one. You're getting a bargain price for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guarantee it. <laughs> that's uh, and so yeah. that's been, that's great. That's a great that's way, been that's the great way of get, getting them to grasp what it is. Because uh, very often they're like, but I have a costumer. Yeah. It's like, yeah, your customer doesn't know my puppet. <laughs> definitely not going to be able to fit uh, clothes on them. Uh, Although we have been Muppets- asked that. Oh, now. many times. What? Yeah. Yes, many times people say, "Well, we'll we'll provide you with what we would like Miss Piggy to wear." For example, and we're like, 
Okay. She's this big. Yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. talk about well, it's, fabrics you know, it's, it, and we'll build it. How about that? Let's start talking about fabrics and then we'll, yeah. and I'll tell you how much it costs to make it. <laughs> yeah. And, and this, uh, you know, kind of links in with, you know, the Muppets having a history of appearing on other people's shows. Yeah. Ed Sullivan's show all the way back and all the way up to Kermit just recently appearing on Michael Bublé's, uh, Christmas in the City special. And I know, and this, these same things that you've already spoken about are in play anytime we go to be on somebody else's mm -hmm. show. What are the ones that work really particularly well? Well, I loved the, the one recently you mentioned with Kermit and Michael Bublé because it was, it was fun. And I know that, you know, Kermit and Mr. Bublé are now, you know, besties. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, That's right. But it's, you know, when they can come in, add a bit of magic, and then, then, you know, be on their way, you know, and keep, just keeping it short, I think is, is the key to it when it's not our story. When it's someone else's yeah. story and we want to be a cameo, just like when we invite celebrities to be cameos in, in Muppets. So I think it's, you know, it's knowing our place and, and, uh, mm. you know, again, why are we there and what are we bringing to this? Are we adding value to, um, to this show? Um, you know, and, and what, what does this collaboration mean? And, you know, Matt, it's funny when people first call me, you ask, how does Michael educate people? There, there's two, <laughs> there's two types of production calls I usually get in the uh, initial sort of pitching of an idea. It's people coming in saying, I've got a great idea and here it is. Or it's people coming in and saying, I've got a great idea and I've worked with the Muppets before, so I understand the complexity. Anyone who's done it before will always put that up front and say, I, oh, I yeah. understand what I'm about to tell you and, and I understand yeah. how complex this is going to be. Um, every time we finish, uh, an appearance <laughs> with, uh, a, you know, on someone else's show and we've been through that process, we always get, you know, people coming to us at the end saying, now I get it. Uh, it's hard to That's understand right. until you've lived through it. And then they yeah, are, okay, really now I got know. it. Yeah, and, and, you know, that brings me up to Muppets Now, which was something that was produced by the Muppets Studio. And you, you both had input in that process, right? I joined the Muppets Studio um, eight days before you began filming. Right. So I did have some questions. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I did. Yeah, but you know what? The, the fun thing that I, that I wanted to say about that was like, you don't know what it is until you are in yes. it, right? You, you, if I remember correctly, this was your, the first day that we were with you on, that you were with us on set. Yes. And you sat down three feet away from Dave Goals as he was performing Bunsen. Yes. You were right there watching Everything. Yes. Watching how he looked at the monitors, watching how the assists worked, watching how the whole process was being put together. Were you just trying to give yourself a crash course in what the hell we're doing? <laughs> yes. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that was, that was tough. That you know, that, that was a baptism of fire, but I would not change it at all because mm. just like all those outside, you know, partners that I just mentioned, if I had worked with the Muppets for, you know, six months and then filmed something, I might have formed some, you know, thoughts or opinions on what it might be like. But to, you know, on week two, 
be sitting with you all in person because you're scattered all over the country. So it's it's not all that often that we're all together. So to be there week two and be able to ask you questions like, how are you going to do this? Is you know, I remember saying, "Is this funny?" Uh, you know, and then and the, <laughs> that's what we say all the time. And the director said to me, "If we had a bit more money, it could be funnier." I said, "All right, let me go find a little bit more money for you um, for for a certain sort of segment that we were doing." But it was, you know, to to learn what that's all about. Um, and then I, I have a very clear memory of you were doing the right hand for for Bunsen one day, and we were out in a parking lot. It was so hot. Yeah, July. Yeah. Shooting so in hot. July. And and I was yep. yeah, and I was sitting under the table watching the monitors at your feet, watching you and you said uh-huh. you didn't tell Dave and you said, Can I stand up here? And you slipped your arm out of Bunsen's and yep. you helped me get my arm in. And for a rehearsal shot, it wasn't the actual <laughs> shot, but for a rehearsal shot, you said you try doing this. And I was like, oh no, I'm gonna ruin the shot. I'm gonna dislocate Dave's shoulder. I'm gonna it's terrible <laughs> But it's it's the only way to really learn and understand is to live through it. And now, you know, I'm never going to put myself out there and say I could ever (laughs) really do it in real life. But but having had that pressure on me to say, okay, try this, you know, you know, I've tried the puppets on, I've, I've, you know, felt the weight of them. I've tried to hold my arm up in the air for as long as you do. And it's to understand the physicality of the job is a whole different ball game than understanding the the performance and the creative side because they have to live together seamlessly or or you're going to fail either one of them isn't isn't working and and the whole thing crashes um and we read scripts all the time and michael and i go so what do you reckon this is whoa we're like 10 11 12 minutes in and no one's put their arm down yet (laughs) let's try this again so figure out how we can do that it's going to be a balance and and i mean just a blessing to be there i mean it, it was a shock to have chickens and screaming goats coming at me, or you know, and, and I would sit with Michael and say, "I don't know what is going on here." And he was like, "Well, this is all normal. <laughs> this is, this what is it normal." Is. And there, yes, like, there, normal. there is nothing normal yeah. about this. It's this Muppets is, normal, but it's so unique. Yeah. And and yeah. I don't know if you remember, it was so exciting to see it, especially as someone who was a fan previously, that I was calling. This was, you know, before we had restrictions on set. This was before, you know, the right. pandemic. But I was calling everybody saying, you have to. We had yeah. our finance yep. department come through. We had music HR, music. Yeah. We, everyone we could get because yeah. the Muppets had just moved to Imagineering, which is, you know, where mm-hmm. I got to join the party. And everyone at Imagineering. Anyone should come and watch this. This is amazing. Let's all be educated. And and still, people, like I said, people from the finance department are still talking about, remember that day when we walked, you know, through the Muppet set and, and you know, you were all, again, so gracious with, with everybody we brought in. But, you know, having everybody in sort of our – who we're connected with, be educated on this process, just helps everybody support us in a way that's, you know, so unique. But yeah, that I, was I agree. that well, was crazy times. Yeah. That's a brilliant thought there to think like, well, if this is what I think of this, I need to get people over yeah. here to see what this is because it's not at all what I thought. Yeah. 
and they need to see this. And it's and in a way, it benefited the relationship between the Muppet Studio and everybody else at Disney. Yeah. And we we got we now have this uh, a little bit more of an understanding of what what each other does. Well, you know, I least. think the biggest misconception is that the puppeteer and the voice performance is separate. Right. And time and time again, I see people, I mean, I, again, as a fan, I had seen it previously, but I, you know, I had never seen it up close like that. But then having other people come in and just see that shock time and time again of, oh my gosh, this is what it is. They have to do everything. Yeah. You know, so yeah. And, and be funny. <laughs> yeah. And do it for 12 hours a day. I mean, some of those shoot days are long. Yeah. Yeah. And with Muppets now, that was a, that was a show that was intended in a different way, right? It was intended as to be shorts. And then it was then intended not to be shorts. And <laughs> the group of us kind of had to, Think of how this could now be not shorts, but six episodes. Six Is that yes. what we did of, of Muppets now? Six episodes. And how can we make them into like episode one, episode two, episode three? How did Michael, how did that come about? Well, we, uh, you know, we had everything in the can and then the shift happened in post. And so then from there, we tried to find like what are connective tissues between the sketches that were previously shot in one way. And then how do we interweave a connective tissue, uh, and that was, you know, scooter from home. Well, and it was from home for a very Because the pandemic reason. had already happened and we had to shoot all of it from home. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, we were um, all at home. Yes. So that project right? in general, like, you know, like Lee said, she, she was two weeks into it. I was promoted to a production manager on the set. Like it, everything, it was, it is the growing of the Muppet Studios. It was like, it, like she said, the trial wow. by fire moment of like, Hey, here's this thing that's going. Let's see what we can, you know, how to do it. And, uh, and then things morphed, but you know, at, at all times it was being considerate and thoughtful to like, okay, but what is the best, you know, version of this? Well, how do we make this whole? How do we, you know, improve upon it? Even though it's different than what was originally intended. And I, you know, I'm really proud of it because of what it did for us as a group. It brought all of us together in a very good way. And it, and it did give us the insight on like what to do next and how to do things. Um, because it was something where we were, we were creating the process while it was in motion. Uh, you know, we jumped onto the right. movie train. Yeah. And we had, we had a great partner in soapbox films that were able to, you know, they've worked so much with the Muppets that they were able to kind of help guide as well yeah. and give their great input, collaborators. So and, and I mean, artists at what they do in the, like, the visual effects and editing, how to like really help us turn, you know, your office into, you know, and we're six performers all over the world telling our families to be quiet in the other room so we can record something. Uh, it was a very interesting time uh, to be creating a new pathway for production. So, yeah, I th and, you know, we found a whole group of new fans in the, like I have uh, friends that it was uh, scheduled viewing with their kids. Well, that next thing was the next year. Last year, mm -hmm. the Muppets released their first ever Halloween special Muppets Haunted Mansion on Disney+. Plus. It was the first time that the Muppets studio, correct me if I'm wrong, fully produced a project of this nature from start to finish. Yeah. yeah. Lee, how did this special come about? Yeah. We had some great partners at Disney+. Plus. You know, 
our previous projects with Disney Plus, we were filming before the platform had launched. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we learn a lot from them and they were, they're huge supporters of the Muppets and, and of new Muppet content. But, um, one of the executives at Disney Plus had said, I would love to talk to you about a special and it's my, my dream to see the Muppets do Halloween. I said, well, funny you mentioned that. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, coming from Imagineering and being sort of so closely connected to Disney parks and resorts over the years, um, I, I had some, some contacts that um, were, you know, th- there's always people who are sort of specialists on different attractions within parks and resorts. And so we had connected with a few of those folks and said, you know, how would you feel if the Muppets and Haunted Mansion got together? You know, Haunted Mansion has such a huge fan base. And then, of course, Muppets, you know, huge. Do we all think that we could bring these two worlds together and, you know, do the impossible, try and please everybody, try and let everybody feel like they've been respected? And we got huge support from Imagineering. They said, absolutely, let's, let's do it. Let's see what you can come up with. So, it, and then it just kind of went very quickly from there. And I would say at every presentation where we were sort of, you know, talking about this idea and should we do it, there was nothing but support from, from day one. So, um, to, to do that and to have, uh, that, that connection, I mean, to me, it was great because there was this tie to, my previous world and then, you know, my new world of the Muppets. So to have those two come together and, and you know, be able to pull in the right people to navigate those waters was um, just an absolute joy. And, and just from, from the very first meeting, we, we thought, we think we've stumbled on something special. Here. Yeah. And I, I think it is, you know, I think it's, it's, it's something we're very, very proud of. Yeah. It was really, I mean, it- from just this kernel of a passing question in a hallway in the WDI building, like, mm-hmm. Michael, what do you think of this? It was too, too like, <laughs> uh, yes, we should definitely be developing this and then co- figuring out, okay, well, yeah. who should be the writers? Let's get that group together. Now let's pitch WDI and, you know, the team that handles Haunted Mansion to see the excitement in their faces when we started to break it out. You could see them having ideas of like, okay, but again, just like we have guardrails, they have guardrails. So it is about finding that balance mm-hmm. between, right. okay, well, what are their guardrails due to our ability in the creative space? But it was, it was, they were such good partners and so collaborative and wanted mm-hmm. to, whenever an issue would pop up, you know, they were additive. They would give suggestions, which then, mm-hmm. you know, Bill Beretta, you know, Kirk Thatcher, uh, Kelly Younger, our writers could absorb. You know, we flowed still through Jim Lewis as well to be able to help always plus up. It was, it really was this great development of team, you know, to get just through the, the story part of it. And then after that, it was like, okay, now how do you do it? And, uh, and that's where, you know, uh, we have very specific boxes that we have to fit into and you start doing it from a standard approach. You know, I did, I, I can't count how many budgets I did for that project. Uh, but, uh, Early on, it was a true hammer and nail approach. Like, how do you make, build these sets and what will they look like and how do we do this? Uh, and partway through the process, it was just like pretty obvious that that wasn't a pathway that could get us to 
this project getting made. And I started taking meetings with producers that were now doing the Mandalorian process. I met with the person in Syracuse that had a system set up and I'm like, oh, three of my performers are in New York. Maybe that's a pathway towards shooting it this way and, and landing in a box. <laughs> and simultaneously, Bill Beretta comes to me and he's like, have you been watching these documentaries about the Mandalorian? I think there's something. And I'm like, I've just started talking to people about this. And so right after that, Andrew Williams, our, yeah. our partners at Soapbox came to us and said, Hey, we're, we're, um, getting an AR wall and building it into our set. And what we're just like, these three separate minds came to the same idea at the same time that I was trying my very best to, I wanted to deliver on this creative so badly and I wasn't landing it from a budget in a schedule approach. And I wanted so badly to find a pathway for it. And so to have all three of us thinking of it at the exact same time and create this pathway that allowed the timeline to work and allowed the budget to work it, and we got to do what I think, and I, I've heard from a multitude of Bill Beretta included, of this is the type of thing Jim would be doing. He would be finding how to utilize the new technology to tell stories with our characters. And it, you know, it has its ups and downs and we were is the first approach to it. But, uh, <laughs> learning curve, learning curve. But that said, uh, it, I love the finished product. I love where we got. I'm very proud of it. Oh, me too. For knowing everything we went through to get there. I am too. And I, I love that Muppet Studio logo. <laughs> That's the first thing you see. I love it. We, it's uh, so cool. We, we wanted to make sure we would release that logo with that project as a, as the real stamp of, and this is the first one yeah. to go from ideation to the end. So, you know, it was exciting and terrifying all at the same yeah. time because we were putting it out there. <laughs> this, this is ours. Well, oh, yeah. there's no one to blame with us. Uh, but it was, it was good. And, and I do, I love the, there is, uh, in this case, it was Bill, right? The Bill was, was kind of there for the creation of it and part of the writing. And, uh, you know, he was as a producer and helped kind of, there was a Muppet performer that was a kind of a latched, attached to that project. And, um, that's kind of the way that the Muppet studio is setting things up for future projects that there would be a Muppet performer that would, or performers that would be involved early on and then maybe walk a project through depending on what it, what it happens to be in it. We've done it on a smaller scale. When we go to somebody else's show, it's kind of like that because the person, whether it's Eric doing piggy on, you know, the view, he's kind of involved early on in that creative and, uh, you know, has the right to give some input about piggies, what she's going to be doing on the view. And, you know, it only serves that, that would be how we would walk through other projects, larger projects, with the Muppet Studio. We will be back with Lee and Michael, but first, it's time to ask a puppeteer about not puppets. Ask a puppeteer about not puppets. On today's Ask a Puppeteer About Not Puppets, we've got a question for Alice Deneen that has nothing to do with puppets. Alice Deneen, if you could spend a year traveling the world, where are the places that you would most want to go? I would like to go to Kyoto, Japan. That is one of the first places that I would Why? go. Um, because uh, I have seen uh, pictures and heard tell of just the beautiful temples in the city and the ancient land. It's so, you know, it's so beautiful that the um, 
I'm going to embarrass myself. Was it General MacArthur in World War II? Was like, don't bomb Kyoto. Like they laid waste to all of Japan. Um, but that, but that was legendarily beautiful, and it was preserved. And I, and I, and I, I want to go see it before I. And also, I really love uh, Japanese food and art and and architecture and all that. And then uh, there's a pilgrimage route through Japan that uh, that I would that I would walk with my little backpack going to. And uh, and then um, then I would wind up in uh, in Osaka, which I hear is a quite a fun time and uh and then i would uh then i would continue straight not straight south a little off to one side and go to new zealand that's the other place i really want to go sounds like you've already got it planned that's my, out that's, that's my next dream trip <laughs> okay. and I, and it would uh, yeah and it would probably take a take a year yeah a couple months in japan and then the rest of the time i think i would wander around uh new zealand and then uh, australia if i still had time Sounds that great. part of the world I've never been to. Yeah. Never been to. New Zealand's fantastic. Yeah. It's beautiful. We are back with the Muppets studio. I, I love Muppets Haunted Mansion. And I, I love Haunted Mansion. I love Disney. I love going to the Disney parks. And there is this synergy between the Muppets and the Disney parks that I think a lot of fans on both sides would like to see more of, whether it's on Disney Plus or in the parks. And last Christmas, you mentioned this earlier, Lee, but at Disneyland, there was the Muppet Christmas Carol Coach, which was this double-decker bus filled with singing Muppets that drove around, I guess it went down Main Street, is that right? Yeah, it went down Main Street. How How does it come about? It was the team at Disneyland. They are Muppet super fans. They're friends. We've worked together for many years. Um, so they knew that I had come into the Muppets world and they called and said, hey, any chance we can play with the Muppets? I was like, let's do it. Yeah, for sure. And, and so we had their writer connect with Jim Lewis and um, they presented this idea to us and we thought, well, this is this is a little bit of fun. Let's, let's see what we can do with this. And boy, I tell you, I, you know, Michael and I were there for the overnight rehearsals you know, nothing quite like being on Main Street at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> doing <laughs> doing yeah. a rehearsal. But you know what was so much fun? So we were rehearsing um, the entire Christmas event, and so the parade was rehearsing as well as us. And so you know, we would have to mm. sort of you know wait for the parade to finish. Then they'd have to wait for us to finish. Parade finished their final run through and I, it must have been by the, we'd been there since probably 10, 11 PM. By now it's about three, four in the morning. We come out on Main Street. We expect to go down the, you know, down to the hub and around the hub and it to be, you know, just quiet and us. There were all the parade performers. They'd finished their shift. They'd quickly changed <laughs> technicians, float drivers, uh, all kinds of people who were there to support the parade had come out to be the audience for our last rehearsal show. And they were cheering and just the, you know, the camaraderie of, of all of these performers coming together and, you know, really this, this signal from Disneyland of, of being the, the people there welcoming the Muppets and showing us so freely how excited they were to have the Muppets as, as part of them for this Christmas series. And then we were there opening night and just the reaction from the guests, uh, you know, everybody was, you know, facing the bus and watching the Muppets and we were turned facing yep. the guests uh, and watching yeah, their reaction. 100%. And it was just, I mean, 
people were so emotional and they were laughing and singing along and like, oh, what are, you know, they're laughing at the right points. That's great. (laughs) That's great news. And then it snowed and it was just such a wonderful moment, you know, and, and, and then just the, the fun and, and the fact that the Muppets could have fun with, you know, inside jokes with the Disneyland guests as well, calling out to Audio Central, which the Disneyland guests know about, you know, and and my favourite part is is Gonzo and Pepe were having a conversation about the Dapper Dans. And if if you don't know the Dapper Dans at Disneyland, <laughs> they're a uh, barbershop quartet group that have been there, I believe, since Disneyland started. You know, very they're they're, you know, legacy at Disneyland. And, um, you know, Gonzo coming to the realization that not all of the Dapper Dans are called Dan. And he met one called Isaac and one called Steve. And just this little conversation they have as they were driving off stage. And after the first show or two, guests realizing that and then following the coach so they could continue to hear the jokes as they were driving off. You know, that's the part that I love that it's, it's, yeah, they're doing a show, but then there's always something unexpected and, and, you know, a little bit quirky. Um, that's, you know, something different. Yeah. And, and what, uh, you know, a little bit of a secret that I will give away here is that the Muppet performers, myself, Eric, Bill, Dave, Peter, and David were not there. Our voices were there, but we have very skilled other Muppet performers that have had know our work and have been working alongside us for many, many years. Michael, can you talk about that a little bit? Why, why didn't I get to go to Disneyland? (laughs) Because you, you live very, very far away. Interview. I just want to know. You live very, very far away, and it was yes. over five weeks of time. You wouldn't right. have wanted to be there. Anyway. Right, and it wasn't every no, night either, it right? It was only like week. certain nights over those five weeks, and it just was impractical. And, and look, getting this, this is another thing about the, the synergy that David and Lee have brought to the group and how we're now in parks in this way. It really is amazing to get the this opportunity to get in front of an entire new audience base uh, in, in many ways, because what, and this is what I took away from being there on those nights. I was there for the opening night, watched all of our shows, same thing for the, the closing, the finale night. And uh, the crowds got bigger and bigger by, you know, from the first night to the last night, they got bigger and bigger. But, and like she said, uh, we were less watching the parade at, at a certain point. We were more watching the crowd. Uh, and what I took away the most yeah. was seeing very, very happy parents that were so immersed in because they love our characters and they're already connected to our characters. But what I was seeing was the six-year-old on the dad's shoulders that was hearing dad laugh and was experiencing in unison, like, this is making him really happy. Oh, look at mom. And then seeing them laugh too, because it was this great bridge to a whole new audience base by being integrated into the parks in this way. And yeah. it, I mean, that team, I couldn't speak more highly. They really put, they ran the, the ship really, really well. And to have the pool of performers that you spoke about that are so thoughtful about our characters, you know, the, you guys are obviously on speed dial with all of them. So if they have questions, once they were kind of cast to who they were, um, you know, we knew that we could get to the right spot uh, performance-wise. We had faith because it was yeah. not just some uh, random 
you know, puppeteer putting on one of our characters. It was someone that already is integrated into our, our system. It, it gave us great confidence. And then you got to see it. It was two days of rehearsals and an overnight was what we had. And, uh, they fully delivered. They were, they were fantastic. Wow. I'm, I'm assuming that the reaction from the parks were positive. I mean, might we get to do this kind of thing again, Lee? Right. Maybe at Disney World? That would be awesome. I, I hope so. <laughs> It'd be cool. It would be cool. I, uh, I certainly and- saw from Disney World guests that, that they were very interested in why Disneyland got something uh-huh. so cool this year. Yeah. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe in the future. And speaking of fans, the Muppets have a very vocal fan base. Uh, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not good. <laughs> Uh, I've experienced that myself. I'm just not, you know, not just in recent years, but all throughout my time as a Muppet performer. Lee, what is the relationship with the fan base like from, from Muppet Studio? I mean, there, there are some websites out there like Tough Pigs that are pretty open with their support and they're pretty honest with their feedback. How do you navigate listening to the fans while still keeping honest to the plan that you've made? Yeah, we do, we do do our best to maintain a connection with groups like Tough Pigs. Um, and whenever we can, we will reveal information to them, uh, maybe ahead of time or, you know, they represent our super fans. And so we want to acknowledge that. We want to sort of uh, cultivate that relationship as much as we can and give them what they want. Yes, they're, they're very honest with their feedback. But I think there's a plan that, as we said in the beginning, there's a plan that we have that we think is the right way to go with the Muppets. And that's, that's really our North Star. That's, that's where we're, we're trying to stay focused. And so, you know, I think listening to fans is important because, you know, it, it can, it can adjust nuances. It can, can, you know, let us know, you know what? It does seem like, like people enjoyed when we offered them something as opposed to something else or, why didn't, didn't they share some honesty <laughs> with, with us on that one? But, uh, look, it's, um, to me, it's all, we, we take it all, you know, try and take it in a very measured way. But I think it's this constant reality check of, we just have to get out there, know what we stand for, try and, and remain true to that. And, you know, hopefully the fans will see that, that they will see truth and sincerity in, in what we're trying to, to do. And we're not going to f- fool ourselves that we're going to ever be able to please absolutely everybody. But on the flip side of that, we're also nothing without the fans. So, so I, I don't read everything, but there are often times where I will say, okay, well, to myself, this is, this is about to launch tonight. I'm going to just keep an eye on social media and, and we can, um, we have some people that can help us do that and sort of let us know, you know, well, what was the reaction to this? Was it mostly positive? Um, you know, mostly neutral? Don't love to see negative, but I, but you know, I, I do, I do like to to understand. Well, if there was any negative reaction, why? And, and is it right. is it something that we need to talk about and we need to consider for our next project, or was it maybe someone's sort of you know personal opinion and it was you know a, a small minority of the fans and and but if if the greater group 
seem to be saying that they're um, enjoying it, then then that's how we're we're guided. So it's it's a balance, and um, it's not always easy. No. So I think that's yeah. us having a plan and making sure we're sticking to our plan is so important. Yeah, I think it reinforces what we've been talking about, where it is us so tightly connected with the performers and communicating about the characters and being true to the characters. I think we'll show the fans that we're being thoughtful uh, about it. We're trying to be the truest version. Um, and, and it is with direct mm-hmm. input, you know, from all our performers, you know, including Dave Golds, who's been around since the very beginning, uh, you know, that there's nobody that's been mm-hmm. Gonzo but him. Uh, and we're doing a, a special about Gonzo. And, and he's not shy with his no, feedback. No, no. <laughs> he's he's not, not at all. And, so, and which is great. Exactly. It's why I think we hopefully, and hopefully the fans will agree after seeing the Muppets Haunted Mansion as the first thing that's generated with this, this iteration of the Muppet Studios as this is that we're trying to be very true to the characters. We are incorporating the performer voice and Lee has created these guardrails and things so that we are delivering the truest version of, of, of the Muppets to our fan base. And hopefully that, that starts to resonate uh, with our fans that uh, Disney is doing everything we can to make this the best, you know, uh, deliver. Well, and so the next Muppet project, which was recently announced, is a an Electric Mayhem series. Lee, what what can you tell us about this series? Who's involved? Okay. Do I get to be on it? You do. <laughs> yes. Great. So, uh, you know, block your calendar because this is... Uh, I will, okay. <laughs> this is going to be a, a, a long one. Yeah. So this is a, a series that will be shot um, uh, in t- All Going Well, 2022, uh, right. and um, it's it's a partnership between the Muppet Studios and ABC Signature, and we have working on this some some just some wonderful talent. Adam Goldberg of Goldberg's fame. I mean, he is a huge Muppet fan. I don't know if you knew this, but he is really a Muppet fan. Um, and yeah. um, one of his um, creative and writing partners is Jeff Yorks. Um, you know. Jeff is the guy that has all the collectibles, has been a fan since he was a little kid. I mean, he is really sort of immersed in it. And um, when we first met with Adam and Jeff, we said, you know, again, you know, we like to have a, a voice of our performers included in the sort of the ideation of any project. And so Bill Beretta joined them as part of that team um, with Adam's producer, Michael Bostick. So they've been... Busy, 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 uh, trying to, uh, to get these, um, scripts written and to a point where we feel like we're, we're really going to new depths in understanding the members of the Electric Mayhem Band. And that will be on Disney Plus. Yeah. And that is, we kind of got to see a little bit about the Electric Mayhem on the two thousand, on the ABC series, the 2015 mm-hmm. series. We saw a little bit about them. This will kind of expand that Definitely. world a little bit, but it's going to be a different, the tone will not be the same as that, as that show. Yeah. The tone is going to be more classic Muppet tone. Yeah. Right, Mike? Uh, you know, in, in a scripted story, you know, so it's not sketch or anything of that nature. It is, we're telling a story about the Electric Mayhem. But it is not shot in the same style uh, as the ABC uh, 2015 show. 
And it's been really wonderful reading in the development process, working through notes with, you know, our partners in order to try to get to the best landing spot for all of it. And I personally am loving the direction it's going. So I'm really excited for this to get into okay. production. And it will be a show that you can watch with your family. It will be family friendly, like all the things that the Muppets are doing now. And I'm very excited about it. I can't wait. Uh, Lee, yes. what kind of projects do you see the Muppets studio doing overall? We get, do we get more shows like Muppets now or, or specials like Muppets Haunted Mansion or other kinds of series that we have not seen from the Muppets? Yet? Yes. All of it. Great. <laughs> now, yes. now, Muppets Now, Muppets Now had kind of a sort of a, like a kind of a Muppet mm-hmm. show feel to it. Can fans, because I know that they would want me to ask this, can they ever expect to see the Muppets do the Muppet show someday? Well, I, look, I was a huge fan of the Muppet show. So the, the fans certainly <laughs> don't have to convince me that the Muppet show was, <laughs> and in, you know, in my view still is one of the greatest shows ever. And, you know, yeah. the fact that I can sit down now and watch it with my kids is surreal because I have these memory flashbacks of, of being in Australia with my brother when we were kids watching it. Um, and now I'm sitting here with my children watching it. So, you know, I think that classic variety show is something that will always resonate with audiences. Um, and to me, I, you know, I love, it's almost like seeing the Muppets back in their natural habitat, right? It's, you know, it's, it's where you, you expect them to be. So, you know, I, 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 I love the Muppet show. I think we're in our plan, as I said, we're sort of looking at it on multi-levels. You know, what are the, the big things we're going for? And then, you know, what are the, the little surprise appearances that we're going for? And then everything in the middle as well. So um, there's more to come, but we're just not quite ready yeah. to reveal it just no, yet. No, not yeah, not quite yet. But you know that, but the idea is that there might be series out there. There might be specials. Absolutely. There might be, Everything. uh, one-offs. There might be, yes. I mean, who knows? It, the idea is though, what I'm gathering and what I gathered all that time ago at that first meeting <laughs> is that we want to meet the fans where they remember and love the yeah. Muppets. And it's a place where it hits them right in the heart, makes them laugh. And, uh, and, and I think that I can, you know, I, I feel like I can confidently say from where I am sitting that I think the Muppets have a bright future ahead of them. I feel that we have uh, confident drivers at the wheel who <laughs> know the road ahead. You guys, you know the curves, the dead ends, the highways that we can speed along. And um, I, uh, I had to write that down because I thought it was pretty <laughs> That's good. That's very good. Uh, I've never been so confident about something. I really haven't. And I, and I think that the Muppet Studio has proven this in, in, in just a few years that, that you've been in the driver's seat, Lee. And, and all of the Muppet performers are very fond of you both and believe in the vision of the Muppet Studio. And we are buckled in and ready to go. Well, that's- very kind, kind of you. And, and look, it, it, it may not always be the smoothest road ahead. There could be some bumps. <laughs> but, That's right. But, you know, it's as Michael said earlier, you know, one of the things we always tag back to is, you know, what was the original intent? And what Michael said was we heard from from people who had actually met Jim Henson that filming on an AR wall is something Jim would have absolutely done. He would have embraced new technology and embraced new directions. And, and so, you know, 
we will be we will be going forth with that uh, with that in mind, you know, of of embracing the future, but staying a little truer to the past as well. I love that. Okay, it's time for some rapid fire oh, questions. Dear. Are okay. you both ready? Shh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. This is no pressure. Okay, here we go. Yes. Lee, what is the hardest part about leading the Muppet Studio? Having production meetings with the six core performers, it's like herding cats. <laughs> Especially when you and Dave you Goals mean? are together. And it's just constant. <laughs> I mean, it's comedy. Oh it, it is comedy. Okay, all right. It's fair a comedy yeah, goal, fair Michael. Comedy it, it really is. <laughs> but, but we've only got this well, long. Like, oh, we can't do a 90-minute meeting every time. I understand. No. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Okay, Michael, what is the hardest part about being a part of the Muppet uh, Studio? For I you? think it is educating uh, independent productions mm -hmm. of like what needs to occur in order to achieve the best uh, finished product. It is that education curve on every single project and it, how it has to seep through into multiple layers of a crew. It's not just getting buy-in from a producer, mm -hmm. but you have yeah. to also get all the other departments to understand why. Uh, Michael, what is the easiest part of being part of that uh, studio? The easiest part is working with all the performers. Uh, yes, they, they eat up a lot of time in meetings, <laughs> but no, truly, you guys are incredibly collaborative. <laughs> uh, you're supportive. Uh, I, I think things are better because how tightly you guys are integrated into it. And, uh, you know, coming from features and television, you know, you guys are the performers. You're the talent. Uh, and yet... And I, maybe this has to do with puppeteering, but uh, the way that you have to give yourself over to a partner in, and allow them to help bring this character to life, you guys are that same way when it comes to developing projects and working through the nuts and bolts of scheduling and making things happen. You're very collaborative and uh, thoughtful. And so uh, you guys make my job easier, and I look forward to my job because I get to work with all of you with these characters. Very kind of you, Lee. What's the easiest part for you? Oh, gosh. Working with me. Uh, you know what? Okay. Yeah, working with Michael. You know, it's, um, I, I tell you, and this, this might sound a little bit saccharine, but I, it is honest. It's not hard to get out of bed in the morning and, and go to work to a, to a job that you enjoy so much. It is challenging and it is, you know, not every day is easy, but it's, um, Definitely a job that you can easily commit to. And and that's, you know, how lucky. Yeah. Not everyone gets to say that yeah. in their life. Truly. Lee, what is one of your favorite things about being part of the Muppets? Um, telling people that I'm part of the Muppets. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's a good answer. I like that. Michael, what about you? Uh, okay, so coming from features and television and stuff, uh, I did not know that I was going <laughs> to love this so much. But it's seeing the characters live in person, interacting with people, fans, crew, whoever, just a character. You guys keep the character alive between takes. Uh, some of the funniest bits happen between takes, but like also watching people have the inability to control nostalgia, just washing over them when they meet a character. You performers somehow disappear and you're right below them. And all they can connect with is that character. It is the greatest thing about my job is witnessing that and knowing that I'm a part of making people feel that way. It's amazing. That's my favorite part of the job is going to the Royal Albert Hall with you and seeing fans reacting to meeting Kermit. 
I, that's the stuff that does it for me. So the late, great Muppet performer Jerry Nelson said to me once, Sesame Street in the Muppets are great, but you always need to have something that is your own, that, that comes from you, that you create. So, Michael, what is that for uh, you? I still write um, screenplays and scripts and, uh, you know, in the outside of Muppets sphere. Uh, and so I like being creative. And so I continue to, to write uh, a multitude of different genres that is not Muppets related. Uh, so that and I guess, uh, I mean, technically I created them. So my children spending it just. Spending time with my kids is the greatest thing I could ever. Yeah. That's, that's the <laughs> greatest thing I've ever done. Uh, <laughs> followed by the Muppets. Yeah. Completely counts. Uh, Lee, what about, what, what is that thing for you? I was going to say what Michael said. It's, it's <laughs> stepping away from a, you know, the work and spending time with kids. You know, it just, it's, they're the, yeah. they're the great equalizers, right? They'll, they'll, they'll be honest. They don't care what I've done during the day. <laughs> like, we're going to tell you the truth, Mom. Right. So, yeah, but having kids and watching them grow up and, and you know, see the world through their eyes. Well, Lee and Michael, I am so grateful to you for everything. But I'm, I, I just thank you so much for talking yes. with me today. Definitely. I hope you had a good time. Yes. Well, well, we got to chat with you without having Dave Goals in the middle. So, you know. Oh, my gosh, I know. Oh, you know I love Dave. He is relentless. <laughs> you two are relentless. Yeah. We, we all love Dave. We all love Dave. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Matt. Well, that's it. That's Below the Frame. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode where I'll be speaking with Jan Nelson. Get updates about Below the Frame and Muppets and Sesame Street on my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok accounts at WelcomeMattV or just search my name. Below the Frame is produced by me, Matt Vogel. The theme song was written by Stephanie DeBruzzo and performed by my band, The Mighty Weaklings. The podcast artwork was created by Dave Holtine at Dave Holtine Design. Thanks to Lee Slaughter, Michael Steinbach, and The Muppet Studio. Plus, David Ruttman, Alice Deneen, and as always, my son Jack for being part of this episode. And thanks to you, the fans, for listening. I'm Matt Vogel. We'll see you next time when we go Below the Frame. Bye-bye. Go.